set yourself apart from the way the world operates, then start by showing kindness to the people around you. The fear that you're feeling, the guilt that you're feeling, that's the conviction from being in this presence. That's your sin. That's my sin doing that. But God's not here to continue. He's not here to say, I'm here to send you home. No, God is here to say, I love you and your sins are forgiven. Pastor Jason here, a.k.a. The Dirt Path Pastor. This is the last episode of Season 4. I can't believe it's been four years already in making this podcast. I want to thank you to all you who listen in each and every week, who share the podcast, who have left reviews. Uh, We wouldn't be in year four without you. Um, And praise the Lord for all that he's done. Um, But don't worry. Uh, There will be a fifth season starting next week. Um, So, Stay subscribed. Um, Now, for this episode, uh, we're going to conclude our four-part series in Acts 16 titled, Paul Goes to Jail. And Paul and Silas will be released from jail, but with conditions. And their response to those conditions will be an essential part of our focus. Okay, the theme of today has been, there's a plan, but I don't know what it is. Um... And I find it interesting we're talking about worship and things today because, you know, I, I love worshiping Jesus. I love the hymns. I love the, the rich history that are behind them. I love the, the theology and the pages. I also love the new stuff. I mean, there was one day a couple weeks ago where I'm sitting in my office. I, I, there's a song we closed with, and I remember I was bawling like a baby in the office as I was listening to it, preparing for things. And I'm, the Lord met with me that in the office. But I'll say this though, when it comes to worship style, we will never actually probably ever do my worship st- favorite worship style as part of our morning worship service. Because my favorite kind of Christian music is Christian rock music. The louder the better. And one of my favorite bands is called Day of Fire. And if you get a chance, go look up the, the story, the testimony behind their lead singer. Just know he, he started off in the secular world of music, leading, leading the singing for a band called Demon Slayer or something like that. So I should give you an idea of the world he was in before he found Jesus and how Jesus changed his life. And, and there's one particular song of theirs that I've always related to. And uh, I, I just want to share the lyrics with you. It's, it's not a very long song. It's, it's, it's less than a minute. And on this Christian rock album, it's not the type of song you would expect to be on there because it's a little bit slower, a little bit softer. But here here are the lyrics to it. It says, I'd rather be strange. I'd rather be ugly. I'd rather be not quite right than part of the lovely. Rather be plain, pushed aside and lonely than to be carried by all the fakes and phonies. Because Hollywood is burning down Hollywood is burning down like Babylon. 
like Babylon. Rather be strange. And I kind of related to that as a high school student, especially, because I was kind of strange. I'm still strange today, I've just embraced it now. But as I, as I was preparing for this week, this song, and I was reading this passage, this song came to my mind because I believe Paul and Silas embody these lyrics. As we close out our series here on, on Paul Goes to Jail in Acts 16. So we're going to be in Acts chapter 16, starting at verse 35. It says, When daylight came, the chief magistrates sent the police to say, Release these men. The jailer reported these words to Paul. Magistrates have sent orders for you to be released, so come out now and go in peace. But Paul said to them, They beat us in public without a trial, although we are Roman citizens. And then they threw us in jail, and now they're going to send us away secretly? Certainly not. On the contrary, let them come themselves and escort us out. The police reported these words to the magistrates. They were afraid when they heard that Paul and Silas were Roman citizens. So they came to appease them. And escorting them from prison, they urged them to leave town. After leaving jail, they came to Lydia's house, where they saw and encouraged the brothers and sisters, and departed. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Yeah, that's good today, man. All right, so remember, Paul, he's, he's been in jail because he cast a demon out of a, a slave girl. He went to jail for doing the right thing. The problem was, this slave girl had an ability to tell fortunes, thanks to the demon. And when Paul cast that demon out of her, it also threw away her owner's chances of making any money off of her. And so they were upset. They grabbed Paul and Silas and they, they take him to, to a circus that was, was supposedly a, a, a trial of some sort and they get thrown in jail. But before they get thrown in jail, they get beaten. But remember, that they're in the jail cell and there's an earthquake and the jailer comes by because the, 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 the earthquake shakes all the doors open and all the chains loose off the prisoners. He's just so sure every one of those prisoners are gone. And so he's about to take his own life. And that's when Paul shouts out from the darkness of the jail cell, don't do it, we're all here. And then from that moment, Paul and Silas lead that man to Jesus. So this, the, the events we're studying today are, are, are the very next day Actually, it's not even the next day. It's the same day, right? And so so the, the earthquake happens around midnight, and now it's daylight. It's morning. And that's when these magistrates send word that, hey, we're going we're gonna to let these men out of jail. Release them. Why the change of heart? Was it because they feared... It was because these magistrates somehow connected the fact that Paul and Silas were messengers of Jesus, and then they're in jail, and then there's an earthquake. Did they put two and two together? Maybe. But I think a, a kind of a clue in this passage for us is if, if you look there, I believe it's in verse 35. 
The magistrates say, release those men. And if you remember that, the, the Romans looked at the Jews and thought of them as dogs. And they had a bit of, they had a, not a bit of, they had a racist attitude toward the, the Jewish people. And then think about the way that phrase is, release those men. You can read it with a bit of contempt hidden in there. And keep in mind, the magistrates know that Paul didn't get a fair trial. They know Silas didn't get a fair hearing. And perhaps they, they knew that it was wrong, so they were going to let these men go, even though they were Jews, but they, they, you know, they're Jews, and we're not going to go face them and admit we were wrong to them. We're just going to let them go, and we're send them away quietly. So they send the police to do it, to tell them to go away. The problem was, Paul knew his rights as a Roman citizen. He knew his rights. He knew, his, he knew as a Roman citizen he had a right to a fair trial. That his case had to be heard. And that had to happen before any punishment was handed out. And as a Roman citizen, he was not supposed to be beaten with rods. That was illegal. He knew those rights. And so as he recounts all the things that they had done to him that were illegal according to the Roman law to do to him as a Roman citizen, what did Paul say? He's like, no, 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 you're not going to send me away quietly. Certainly not. I'm not going anywhere. You tell them if they want me to leave, they can come and talk to me face to face. There's no easy way out of this. They're going to come and face me because here's the thing. They were trying to get out of it. They didn't want to have to face the people they had wronged. And they didn't want to have to admit they were wrong to him. And Paul was like, no, I'm not letting you off the hook. Now, they are afraid, the magistrates are, when they hear this. And they have good reason to be afraid. When you read that trial, there was no way that was a trial. If you go back earlier in the passage, remember they, they dragged, the slave owners dragged Paul and Silas to the magistrates, and, but before the magistrates can administer any kind of justice, the angry mob starts, shows up and starts shouting, right? And, and that's when Paul and Silas are beaten and thrown in prison. Because the crowd had already determined they were guilty, and the magistrates just appeased the crowd. And, and Rome, especially the emperor, did not take kindly to his magistrates not following the process of law. Now, the emperor didn't follow it himself, but he didn't, definitely didn't want those under him not following it. He expected them to. Matter of fact, there, there were entire provinces that had their, their status revoked because the magistrates did not carry out justice the way that they were supposed to before. So the magistrates had a good reason to be afraid here. They also had a reason to be afraid because they, they, they didn't... And then all the confusion of the angry mob... You know, if Paul and Silas were shouting they were Roman citizens, they didn't hear it. And because they didn't know it, they beat them. And that was against the law too. That, that, that's a reason to be afraid. They're also afraid because, remember, the national motto of the Roman Empire was peace to the empire, Pax Romana. And if word got out, that there was an angry mob in Philippi that influenced their decision-making, they would be replaced for that too. Because there's a threat to the empire. 
So these magistrates had a lot to be afraid of. They had a lot to be scared about. And so they do it what they have to do. And remember, these were the guys that had the power to put Paul and Silas in prison. And now, a day later, the, the tables are turned, and Paul and Silas are the ones that have power, and the magistrates are coming to them. Yes, the magistrates have all the legal authority and power, but Paul and Silas have the power in this moment. And so they, they go, the magistrates go to Paul and Silas, and it says they, they, they go to them to appease them. That means they knew they messed up, they knew they were in trouble, and they were going to smooth things over to make sure it was okay. If this was a guy with his wife, he's gone to the store, bought the flowers and the chocolates, and he's going to take them to her. I only did that for Nicole one time, and that did not work out. (laughs) They were appeasing them because they were afraid. They were afraid that if Paul and Silas would, they would... They would go about town and spread the news that they were terrible at their jobs and cause them to lose their jobs. They were afraid. Now, too, because they no longer have the power that they, they thought they had, and because they were Roman citizens, and Roman citizens could really go where they wanted, these magistrates couldn't just tell them to leave town. They had to ask them to leave. They're like, hey, can you please go? Can you please get out of here? Please? Pretty please? Why? Because they're, they're afraid. They're fearful. But then Paul and Silas do something incredible. They have all the power in this moment. They have these magistrates that mistreated them right in the palm of their hands. They could take full advantage of this moment. They could, they could have them brought before the, I don't know, the people and and punished for their, their, mis, their mishandling of justice. They could, have brought, they, they could have requested a trial with the emperor. Made a big public display. But that's not what the apostles do, is it? The apostles say, okay, we'll go. You know why they say that? Because that's the best way forward for the kingdom. Because here's the thing, the, the Paul and Silas do, if they stayed there, they're, they're preaching the gospel. Yes, it was effective. People were getting saved. People were coming to know Jesus. People were getting set free. That's effective ministry. But man, their effective ministry was causing an uprising. It was creating commotion. It was drawing unwanted pressure on this young, growing church in Philippi. And so if Paul and Silas stayed there, Yes, they could keep preaching the message and they might still be effective, but it would hinder that church and the people in that church from growing in the life that Christ had for them and reaching the people that Christ was calling them to reach. So the best way forward for the kingdom was for Paul and Silas to say, you know what? And really the best way forward for the magistrates. Because Paul and Silas and the magistrates were at a point in the relationship where the magistrates were so afraid of Paul and Silas that they were no longer willing to listen to them or hear them out. Paul and Silas were not going to be able to reach them that way. So they they said the best way for the kingdom is if we leave, if we step aside. And so before they leave, what do they do? They go go to Lydia's house where the church is, and and, and they begin to encourage your brothers and sisters. I'm sure encouraging means they're saying, hey, we're leaving God's moving us on. God's calling us elsewhere. But I want you to stay firm in the faith. 
The same Jesus that, that, that I shared with you, the same Jesus that saves you, is going to be the same Jesus that walks through this with you. Stay firm in the faith. And not just that, live it out. That message we preach to you, I want you to go and share the story of what Jesus did to you with the others around you. And what Jesus did through, through me and Silas, Jesus will do through you in this community of Philippi. And when Paul and Silas leave, they're going to leave behind Luke. And you'll notice, in here it talks about, Luke says a lot of we, and then he just stops saying we again until chapter 20. Because Paul and Silas leave him there. Paul, Luke is left there because he, he, has, he has Lydia and her whole household to disciple. And, and, and the thing about Lydia is, Lydia is not just a person in the church. Her house is the church. This Gentile woman, there's no Jewish synagogue. There's no Jewish men a part of this church. It's this Gentile woman allowing the church to meet in her home. And Luke's going to help disciple her. There's the slave girl. Luke is to help disciple her. There's the jailer in his household. Luke is to help disciple them. He gets left behind so he can teach the others that the work of Christ goes on through them and in them. All right, I shared all that, and I'm trying to go quickly, I promise. I have two minutes. I'm just kidding. What's fascinating to me about this story is if you think to what Paul's letter to the Galatians, it's an entirely different church. But in this letter to the Galatians, it's a church that has some issues. And Paul's really stirring with them, and he's kind of imploring them, hey, I want you to live out the fruit of the Spirit, meaning meaning you, you claim to have the, the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit with you, then if, but if you do have the, this presence of the Holy Spirit with you, this is what it's going to look like. This is how it's going to be expressed through your being. Because you have the Holy Spirit, you're going, to, you're going to show love. You're going to show joy. You're going to show peace. You're going to expect patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. They were going to live that out. And Paul is imploring them to do that. When I, when, I, when I think about that verse in connection with Acts, especially here in Acts 16, Paul's not asking this church, these Christians in Galatia to do something he wasn't willing to do himself. Because you see, in this passage, Paul lives out these, the, the fruit of the Spirit. Notice it's not fruits of the Spirit, it's fruit, it's one. Paul lives it out in this story. Time and time again, and especially in this moment. He had an opportunity to really squash those magistrates and put them in their place. He had every right to do so. But because he's full of the Holy Spirit, and it was the Holy Spirit telling him where to go and what to do, what does he do? He allows the fruit of the Spirit in him to be expressed in showing goodness and mercy and kindness to those magistrates by leaving. He shows kindness by allowing them to be released from their fear of him and the fear of the gospel at work in them. He lived it out. 
And then when, when Paul lives out, he goes back to the church and he, and he, he uses, the, he allows the Holy Spirit in him. Rather than stomp and say, God, this is my church. I planted it. I built it. It was my preaching and teaching. No, he recognizes this is Jesus' church and Jesus had built it. And he had the blessing of being a part of it. And he knew that the same Jesus that, that had built that church would carry on the work of that church with or without him. Jesus didn't need him there. And because he was full of the Holy Spirit, he was able to take that step back. Because he was full of the Holy Spirit, he was able to encourage the brothers and sisters and give them the opportunity to carry on the work. Paul was able to live out, and Silas was able to live out in a life that expressed the, the fruit of the Spirit because they were full of the Holy Spirit. And you and I can be full of that same Holy Spirit too. Right, Nazarenes? We can be filled with that Holy Spirit too, right? God can, God's Holy Spirit can come down and fill our beings and dwell in us and through us in the same way. And when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we will live lives that express love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Our lives will display that as evidence to the Holy Spirit indwelling in us and filling us. And we'll go about living our lives with that that life-giving fruit of the Holy Spirit on display for the world to see. And all they have to do is take a bite and they can be transformed too. But see, here's the issue. Here's the issue. When we live out this life, when we live our lives expressing the fruit of the Spirit and allowing the Spirit to work through us, it's going to make us look different to the world. The world is angry. The world operates by an us versus them mentality. The world operates by a survival of the fittest mentality. But that's not the kingdom of God. And so they spend their lives chasing the things that please me now, the things that make me happy now, the, th- the things that are going to get me ahead now. But you and I, because we live for the kingdom, it's not about you and I. It's about something far greater. And when, we, and when they're angry and they're upset, and we look at it and we begin to pray and trust God. Somehow in the midst of our craziness, we find peace and joy. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's with us. doesn't make us better. It just makes us redeemed and holy because of Him. But when we, begin, when we live our lives this way and we live our lives on display for the world, they're going to look at us and we're going to be weird. And that weirdness scares them. Think about it. What do we do? We, we, we try, we try and, and raise our kids and get them to conform to what society says is normal, right? That's what we do. Child fit in this box. But the problem is, they don't fit in the box. 
And so we keep trying to stuff them in the box. And, and, and if we keep pushing hard enough, at some point they say, you know what? Maybe I am supposed to be in this box. They sit down in it, but the box looks like it's about to explode because they're not supposed to be in that box. That's what we do. That's what the world does. They try to push us into these molds and into these patterns that they, who, that they think is normal and safe. But remember what Paul tells us in Romans? Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world. Jesus looks at us stop trying to fit the box because you're not supposed to be there. You're not supposed to live your life afraid. You're not supposed to live your life in chains. You're supposed to live free. And when you live free, you're living and full of the Holy Spirit. It's going to produce this fruit that offers life to those living in darkness and trapped in the, in the chains of death. And they'll see it and they'll know that there is something better out there. That there's a way to life. It will scare them. But if they would stop for just a second and listen to what we have to say, and if we're willing to say it, we can share with them that, hey, at one point I was like you too. I was running away from Jesus. I was trapped in my shame. I was trapped in my guilt. But guess what? Jesus found me. Jesus saved me exactly where I was. I went from being this way, and now I'm going this way because that's how much Jesus loves me. And that's what I experienced when I met him. And he can do the same for you too. We can testify. And our testimony is giving expression to what Jesus did inside of us. And it, but when it does that, it also matches the way we're living our lives. Because we're living a life that's full of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, while maintaining some self-control. And that looks different. Think about how many people read self-help books every year trying to improve themselves. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you can pick up some things from books. But ultimately, if you want to change yourself, if you want to, if you want to, if you want to change who you are and begin living the way you're supposed to, then, then surrender your life to the Holy Spirit. He's going to lead you away from the sin that has you stuck. He's going to lead you to the things of life. And then He's going to lead you and, you, and He's going to work through you to be an instrument of life. So here's, the, here's, the, here's what the grace says about this passage. This is, what, this is the grace that we find. And what, the grace that we find in this passage, it says that we are free, we have freedom in the Holy Spirit, but our freedom in the Holy Spirit is to be used in expression, is to give expression to the fruit of this Holy Spirit living in us. Not our, not our fruit, not who we are, but who we are in Christ. Who we are in the hands of the Maker. Who we are in the power of the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. We are to live that way. Not angry. Not defeated. Not like Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh. No. We get to live the joy and the, and the happiness and the victory of Jesus. Not rubbing people's noses in, in the fact that, that they're defeated, but instead saying, look, this is the way to victory. That's what grace tells us here. 
But this is what the truth. This, this, but this is the truth about it. Living this way will make us weird. It will. It'll make you weird. But here's the good news: you're already weird anyway. It's the truth. But are you okay with that? You're okay with being a little different. Will you let your life be an expression of the Holy Spirit living within you? Will you let the Holy Spirit come and fill your heart? Because right now, that's what the world needs most. Doesn't need an angry church. Doesn't need a lecturing church. No, what it needs is a life-giving church. But not just the life that this world thinks, but the life of Jesus Christ, the kingdom of heaven life. That's what the world needs most. And the only way, the way they're going to encounter it is by you and I living, this, this, living out this weird calling that we have. The only way we can live that is if we're surrendered to the Holy Spirit. You can be filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will enable you to live a life expressing His fruit. And that fruit offers the gift of life to those around you. It will make you strange, but we are all already strange anyway. Surrender your heart and let the Holy Spirit descend upon you. Grace and peace to you in the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Burt Passman Podcast. It was recorded live at the Ravenna Church of the Nazarene, located at 530 Main Street in Ravenna, Kentucky. You can learn more about the Ravenna Church of the Nazarene by visiting ravnaz.com. And if you'd like to send me a message, just simply use the link in the show notes.